Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Backyard Banter podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. If you've been listening to this show so far, I, for one, really appreciate your interest and uh, really excited about the way the series is going. We've had so many good guests on, and today we have another great guest. Before we get to him, I have to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by realitysportsonline.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life general manager. Use the promo code BYB10 for a 10% off the platform fee when you sign up. That's BYB followed by the numerals 1 and 0. So we're here on episode 12 today, and we've got a really good guest today, somebody with definitely an interesting perspective, um, someone that we we haven't really talked to this sort of person so far. Um, it's, It's a good friend of mine in the industry, Adam Pfeiffer. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing good, Matt. Um, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I've been listening to the podcast a lot. It's been like you talked about from someone with my perspective on it. It's really cool to watch you talk to some of the bigger names in the industry. I saw you had, um, you know, obviously you had Matthew Barry. You had um, Liz Losa. It was a good episode. Um, so it's it's really cool to see that from my perspective, um, and and really for anybody, uh, whether you're you know just a casual fantasy guy or someone who's trying to make it in this industry or someone who's already in the, in the industry to see where kind of, you know, which differ, you know, where you differ in your path to get there. So, um, yeah, I think it's like, um, you know, everybody does a, you know, podcast on, you know, fantasy football week one, fantasy football uh, season, fantasy football DFS. But um, I thought this was really interesting. And, you know, I tweeted out a lot because it's something that I kind of like can relate to very easily. And I thought it was, it kind of hit home for me. So I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely, and I appreciate that. It's, it's very kind, and, and everybody, the interest in the series has been kind of mind-blowing to me. You know, I figured, like, a few people that were, like, interested in, you know, writing about football would like it, but it seems to be hitting home for a lot of people, so that makes me happy. Um, and as far as your perspective, Adam, like, one thing that I had a lot of people actually ask me was to kind of bring on sort of a younger writer that's kind of, like, quote-unquote, in progress in making it, and you were somebody that came to my mind, like, I've been on your podcast before. Um, I think we actually both wrote for Sportable back in the day with Sal Stefanali. So, like, you know, kind of on the same. And, and you're also the only guest so far that's younger than me. I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that makes you stand out right away. But so I kind of want to get your perspective on that. But before we get to that, I always ask the guests to start off. Like, so how did you kind of come to fall, you know, fall in love and get obsessed with, you know, football and, and fantasy sports in general? Give us a little bit of your background there. Um, so, uh, for many people who see that I'm a Bills fan, I was born in upstate New York, uh, about, you know, maybe an hour or so from, uh, Buffalo and, uh, growing up, I had, you know, two older brothers and pretty much I, and I still do it to this day with, with my oldest brother. I kind of try, I kind of tried to really just follow whatever they did. Right. I was, I was kind of that, I was the youngest of three. So I kind of just, I was kind of just the copycat and I always, wanted to do what they did. And with my dad, um, it was, it was a football for a lot. And I remember we would always go to the bills training camps. We would always go to, um, some of the games. Um, so that was, that was immediately like, and, and my family is just sports was just everywhere. It was with my dad you know, my grandparents, my brothers, uncles, aunts, everything. So immediately that was something that was, you know, right away, something I, that I was kind of born into. And then, it was around, I, don't know, I was probably 10 years old, I would say. And obviously my, my two older brothers are a good six, seven years older than me. So they were doing this thing. It was, you know, it was called fantasy football with my dad. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I, I was, you know, I was too young at the time to kind of know exactly what was going on. I didn't know really any of the players. So not knowing it at the time, my I was bugging my dad. No, can I, can I be in this with you guys? Can I be in this guys? And had I have known, I would have really called my dad out. But what he did was he got the list of just the most awful free agents on the waiver wire, right? Terrible guys. And I remember two players that were on my team. Here's some names for you guys. Chris Winky was my starting quarterback because my dad was like, here, take Chris Winky. Dude played like six games in 2002 yeah. With, yeah, on the Panthers. So I was like, oh, I got a quarterback. You know, this is awesome. Chris Winky, you know. And then I think my running back was like Olandis Gary. I had like Peerless Price, who is the GOAT, but we'll get to that another day. But, um, yeah, I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, so 
immediately that's when I realized I was like, this is this is something that is really cool. And then when I got older, you know, I was I was really into the the sports video games like the Maddens and stuff like that. And I'd always do the fantasy draft option on on the season mode. That that to me was like the second coolest thing ever. I, I could have anybody I wanted. Um, so I've always played fantasy. So I guess that's how I kind of started to get into the actual like idea and, and aspect of fantasy football. And then in terms of writing, uh, I don't know if you wanted me to go straight into that or not, but that that was well, that was how I got into football and fantasy in general, I would say. It's funny, like you're not the first person that's brought up like the Madden uh, aspect of it. And like I don't I don't play Madden at all anymore. Um, oh, I don't anymore. It's, it's hot garbage now. Oh, I don't even know. I have, It's been like, <laughs> I think three, like it was three years ago was the last time I bought the game. Um, I don't even remember who's on the cover now, but uh, yeah, it was, it, it was funny because that was a big part of like my, my obsession with football too. Like I remember when I did, you know, cause like growing up, I didn't really care. Like I, we were just talking about this before we got on the podcast. Like I don't even consider myself a big sports fan. Like I love football, obviously, but like I could, I don't care at all about any other sports. And like you can fight me about on that on Twitter about that all you want, but it's just not something I'm interested in. Um, yeah, Matt and, Harmon, by the way, guys, he he's he hates the U.S. Olympic team. He unless it's football somehow. Well, so. I mean, listen, <laughs> <laughs> if there if there is a sporting event and there's adult beverages involved, I'll probably care, um, especially if it's for the country. I mean, I got up for like the World Cup and stuff like that, but like yeah. it's big events like that. I mean, come on, I am a patriot. Let's give me a break. But um, <laughs> I have a soul. Yeah, well, actually, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other topic for our politics segment of the podcast. But oh, uh, oh that would be great. I would lose all my listeners. Um, I'm probably losing them all right now, but I think that yeah. So it's just really funny that the um, that the Madden thing I think is actually probably going to be a big part for like a lot of guys that are kind of close to our age because you know Josh Norris brought it up. Like I don't know if you feel the same way, but he what he said was and is very true. Like to my experience too. Like people would walk through the living room and be like, "Are you ever going to actually play the game?" Because you spend yeah. so much time <laughs> doing the fantasy drafts. I would just. I do this. Um, I used to do this in, in the NBA games. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to swear on this podcast. Uh, NBA. No, sorry. You... <laughs> no. Um... Let's have the explicit tag, just in case. <laughs> no, but like, um, I would just you know draft a team, or just I, what I would love to do, and I still love to do this, is just rebuild the really crappy teams, right? Like, yes. Um, let's rebuild teams and then simulate like three years into the future, do the draft, do the free agency, and by the time I'm done, I'm like. I don't really want to play anymore. And I'll just get lost in it. And I'll be like, oh, let's do this team. Let's do this team. So it's just the entire general manager kind of philosophy. Like, I think I always thought that'd be like the, one of the coolest jobs to have ever. Right. Like just manage players. Oh, I want to trade this guy. All right, let's trade this guy. I want to sign it. I just thought it was like, I always kind of envisioned, especially after watching the movie Moneyball. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um, just like having sitting at your desk with a nice computer, having like the roster in front of you and just, putting together a team. I just thought it was like the coolest concept. And I think that ties into fantasy football and fantasy sports uh, pretty, pretty immensely. Yeah. I would always try to like have a really stacked team and then like a really terrible quarterback, like try to take Terrell Pryor to the Super Bowl, stuff like that. That was always my favorite. And then eventually like trade every single draft pick I had to get like one of the best quarterbacks that came out in the draft. That was, yeah. always my, that was always my <laughs> strategy. I could go on and on, but it's funny now. Like, yeah, I have no interest in playing the game. I mean, I don't really play video games at all anymore. Right. And that, unless it's Mario Kart, but as we talked about a couple podcasts ago. Um, so, yeah, Adam, I think that's like a, it's, it's, that's a very, a story that's very indicative of like, like I said, like guys, you and I are a, you and you, your age and my age that, uh, they kind of come towards loving football and everything like that. So, how did you then like first get into writing? So when I was, let's say, I want to say sixth grade, um, I and I don't do it nearly as much now, um, but I used to read and I just used to read books all the time. Um, we had this thing in my in my elementary schools. I think it was called the Accelerated Reading Reading Program, where you would read so many books and you would just get these points for it or whatever. Um, and then through that, I was like, you know, these this is kind of a good way to kind of escape from stuff. So from that, I, I was probably, like I said, sixth grade and I would just start writing short stories about anything like, um, like, uh, superhero stuff or anything that came to my mind. I just write short stories and 
Um, you know, it was something that I really, I, I don't do anymore, obviously, but it was something that really kind of uh, played a huge role in that. And then from there, I knew English was like my, my favorite subject. Like math, I, my mom would, when I would get a report card of math and it was a D plus or a C minus, my mom would be like, this is going on the fridge. Like you, this, yeah. <laughs> good, good job. So, so English was definitely my, my strong suit. So I would take these um, creative writing classes in high school and I would take like the, the, the elite or why well, I said elite, like the Joe Flacco uh, <laughs> English classes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, it was, it was something that kind of came natural to me, like writing, writing essays. I, like I would, a lot of people would procrastinate and I would kind of just like to do it right away um, while the ideas were fresh. So, from there, I when I graduated high school in 2011, so yeah, I'm that young. Um, I well, you're two years younger than me. For full yeah, so audience. yeah, so I'm 23. Uh, I actually just turned 23 like two weeks ago. But so I would, I was thinking like after high school, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to involve sports, and I knew I wanted to invo- involve writing. So you put the two together, you get sports writing, and that's probably the the, the knowledge of my math, right? That's the extent of my math skills. So um, I would, um, I, I was really interested and it's funny because I didn't start anywhere near fantasy sports. I used to, my first um, position writing, it wasn't paid or anything really. It was just a uh, independent blog to cover the Philadelphia Flyers for hockey. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I would, you know, just write about whatever I wanted for hockey. And then I moved from that site to another site called Rant Sports, where I first started doing fantasy. And I, I was still doing hockey stuff there. And then I emailed one of the content producers, and I straight up asked. I'm actually, actually going to cut you off and, and jump you back to that first part of your, your story. Yeah, how, did, how did you first get, uh, like, just because I think this is probably the point of the podcast, like, how did that first uh, position, right. you know, unpaid sort of position with, with the hockey site come about? I, Twitter. Um, Twitter, I'm sure people have talked about it, is gonna is it's gonna continue to be monumental for people trying to write and it has been for me so i saw a a kid who was actually like two or three years younger than me at the time um and he was on this website covering the flyers and i was like wow this this guy's you know two or three yeah i think i could do this as well so i tweeted him and he's and i said hey um I'm interested in writing about the Flyers. I, I see you write for the website. Um, is there anybody you can put me in contact with to kind of get a position here? Um, and he sent me the email to send. And I guess they like my stuff. And, you know, I started from there. But really, like, again, this was a couple of years ago. So Twitter was like even Twitter's got to be even bigger now. So Twitter's definitely been something that's really, really helped. And that's how I kind of got in touch with that site. And then from there, I just again, I saw people on Twitter um writing for these other sites and i thought these sites probably get a little bit more exposure a little bit more exposure so i'd reach out to them as well um and for the other website called rant sports that i used to write for um i would tweet the content producer there and he would hook me up with an email and this was i believe the first no this is the second time i had to provide a writing sample so um you know i guess they like my stuff and then I was strictly a, a hockey guy from from that time. I was, you know, writing about the Flyers, and sometimes I'd write about other hockey teams. And then I just randomly thought, you know, I saw people on Twitter because when I first got Twitter, it was to follow because I used to watch um, fantasy football. Now the uh, the show Matthew Barry's on, I believe that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And that the reason I made Twitter was to follow all these fantasy guys. Um, it's the first I was actually looking at my Twitter history the other day. Was, the first person I followed on Twitter was Matthew Barry. And then it was followed by a bunch of other fantasy guys. So that's why I actually made the Twitter. And from there, I didn't know it was going to you know, help me do what I do today. Not that I'm anywhere near where I want to be. But, um, yeah, that's how I got in contact with, with the website Rant Sports. And I, I straight up emailed one of the content producers. I said, you know, is there anything else I can do? Am I allowed to do other stuff? I thought I was just strictly hockey. And he said, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Um, and that's when I was like, all right, hockey, you know, I enjoy I still love hockey to this day. But – um, I, th- there was just so much more free roam with fantasy, so much more opinionated stuff you can do with fantasy so much, um, you know, hockey, it's, you can have some opinions in there, but a lot of it's straightforward because there's no, you know, theories behind hockey. There's no, um, you know, research and vested data and stuff like that. So from there, I would just write and write and write and write. And 
I, I kind of, um, you know, got a little bit tired of that, that website, I guess is a polite way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. Don't really want to get too much into that. But from there, I uh, got in contact with um, Nick Raducanu from Project Roto and Ryan Hodge. And, you know, I, I've, I've, I was a kind of, I was in contact with them a little bit on Twitter, like here and there, just chiming into conversations. And Nick was starting up the website Project Roto, and I, it's it was a pretty good, good time because he was just starting the website, and I, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm looking to keep writing about fantasy sports. I the reason I I, I left the other site, and I should probably mention this, the site was not like a strictly fantasy website, obviously, because I was writing about hockey as well. So I wanted to go somewhere where fantasy was the the focal point and the and the headlight and the head and the headline. I'm sorry. So that's what I really wanted to do. So that's why I got in contact with Nick and and Ryan and you know they've been really really helpful for me. Just they always are looking. We're looking out to share my stuff and you know things have been really good. I mean the I, I still write for them now. I mean the podcast that you mentioned earlier is is I I still did. The uh, I started Project Pod uh, podcast was the name of it, and you know, I, we, we had you on, I think Mondays or Tuesdays, and we kind of just yeah Tuesdays about, yeah we talked about Tyrod Taylor for about forty five minutes, and then just <laughs> minutes, and then just whatever games were on that week for the, for the remaining fifteen. Yeah, we spend at least like the first thirty minutes of every podcast either talking about Cam Newton or Tyrod Taylor. So yeah, and that shouldn't be surprise anybody who follows me should not be a surprise. Um, but yeah. <laughs> From there, I, I did that for I think this will be my third year. I'm still with them doing just that was for seasonal. And like many people, um, the DFS kind of daily fantasy kind of I started to get really, really interested in that because obviously for seasonal, you're not gonna sit there and write, hey, start Aaron Rodgers, hey, start Antonio Brown. But in daily fantasy, you can because you're obviously paying a salary for them and whether you think they're warrant they warrant that salary or not. So I really wanted to get in DFS because it allowed me to kind of write a different way than seasonal. Plus, I I was so interested in working with so many of the top DFS guys. Um, uh, Al Smizzle, Al Zeidenfeld, for for starters, who um, I guess I'll say I write for now for DFS Bootcamp. Um, that's when I messaged. It's just Twitter again. Um, I saw Al followed me on Twitter and. I saw he was starting up another website called DFSBootCamp.com, and it was going to have a lot of people. Um, Nick Mencio of Roto World uh, does some stuff there. Um, CJ Kaltenbach, who I, I do the podcast with, does stuff there. So I guess it was um, a combination of Twitter being such an easy kind of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, contact uh, platform you know, to, to reach out to guys with a quick you know, direct message or a quick tweet. Um, and I guess the other part was timing. Um, you know, I picked up two websites that were just starting and may or may not have needed writers. Uh, and and I think you talked about this with, um, I forget who was, I think it was Matt uh, Franchise. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how just showing interest alone is something that can be really, really admirable and kind of um, intriguing for a site, right? Mm-hmm. Like sites are going to want, writers that want to write for the site i mean it's kind of common sense but that's kind of how i got to where i am and right now i'm still doing dfs work for pretty much baseball basketball and football for boot camp and i'm still doing the po- the process podcast which has been like incredible like it's been probably one of the more entertaining and fun things i've done since i've started writing and doing fantasy sports because People for the first time, like people are actually like tweeting me, like, "What when's the podcast? Podcast coming up?" Like, it's it's a cool feeling, and to see that people actually want to see your content. So, um, I looked on iTunes the other day, for instance. I think we're like in the top hundred for sports and recreation podcasts, which is like crazy. I thought, and we just started like during almost like the halfway point of the NBA season. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. And granted, I'm you know I'm not near where I want to be yet either. I mean, I, I'm. This isn't a full-time gig or anything, but, um, you know, so many people have helped me. And I think that that Twitter, again, like Twitter is how I got in contact with so many people and that have helped me. Like, um, I can't even begin to name them all. But, right. yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got to where I am right now. And I'm still looking to keep going. I mean, I'm not not trying to be content right now with anything. 
Well, I think there's a couple of really important points that for the audience to take away from your story there. And one of them, of course, and it's something that we've talked about a lot is like continuing to put yourself out there. Like that, there, there was one theme from every opportunity that you took there. It was like, you reached out to the people, you know, cause that's one thing. It, that got, it got to a point where I was literally message, emailing people and messaging people and each like beginning sentence would start with, Hey, I apologize if I'm being a, a, nu a nuisance. Like <laughs> it, it got to that point, but sometimes that's really what you have to do because a lot, like a lot of people just get a lot of emails. A lot of people just, you know, a lot of people will just, you know, click on the reply button, go look at something else. And all of a sudden they, it's in their spam or whatever, or not in their spam. It's in their red and it's not showing up. That's yeah. Me. I remember. <laughs> so me, uh, but yeah, I'll like try, I always try to like, if I get a response from, um, from somebody that like is, in, you know, important or whatever like wants to have me on their podcast or somebody that like somebody that's one of my readers like or listeners to this podcast or reach out to me i always start it to remember like i will go back to it eventually but sometimes like a week right. will go by and i'll be like oh damn i forgot yeah <laughs> so but, but that's but that's important though because and i kind of want to have you keep talking on that because it's really important because i am the type of person that i get really like i i'm very aware of the fact that i might be being annoying and like, like I said in a few episodes ago, like luckily that it didn't really hinder me from getting to where I am. But like, it's hard because it could have, you know, like if it, if it had come down to it with the NFL job, like I would have definitely stopped trying if it, if it, if I had felt that I was being annoying. So it's important that people take away from your story that like you have kind of even though you were aware that it, it might be a thing, like you you didn't let it hinder you. Yeah. Um... And like in the back of my mind, I definitely thought that a lot, but um, I guess I was just so passionate about the, the stuff that I wanted to pursue. I just kind of didn't care almost and kind of threw it to the side. Um, but yeah, like it's really interesting because like I, let's see, I've probably been doing writing and stuff for about five years now. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but I guess because I started so young, it kind of like it almost kind of does. So um yeah, it's, it's been, I've been doing it. Yeah, like it's been it's been fun. And, and I mean another thing I that's really been a huge part was because um writing is definitely like a coping thing. Um I've talked about it and I don't mind talking about it. I have uh, anxiety, like really, pretty bad anxiety. Um I'm on medication and stuff like that for it. So that alone is like you when you're i'm sure you can relate to this when you're like knee deep in statistics and metrics and tape and film and studies that's all you're thinking about at that time especially while you're writing about it so to get that kind of stuff that whatever you're anxious about out of your head for an hour or you know 30 minutes it, it's it helps it's coping so um that's something that i've actually really had help me as well so that's another yeah, thing I think that's been kind of a another theme that, that people don't uh, people kind of come to this and, and myself included in like times of, you know, maybe personal turmoil or it does become a very therapeutic thing. And so what I would encourage people out there like if they have an interest in writing or, you know, covering sports in general, even if it's not about sports and you just want like even if you're not a writer, but you have some interest in in potentially having you know because i think you and i adam like you know we like to write you know if we weren't writing about football we'd be writing about something else oh 100 um, like i would be writing yeah. about you know if it wasn't sports if it wasn't if there was no such thing as sports god forbid uh that would have been i mean whew. um but if there was no such thing as sports i would be writing about movies video games right. something i'd be writing about something 100 percent. um just it's just like it's not even a question and I'd be writing about feelings and plants, apparently, according to my and dogs <laughs> and do dogs, plants and feelings. Uh, that's <laughs> so that kind of lets you know what kind of person I am. Um, but dogs, but plants it, and feelings <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a it sounds like a like a a poet a poetry show, right? Like something yeah. like. I, I don't know why I don't have a girlfriend. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Dude, I'm, that... Sorry, man. I'm single, too. Don't worry about it. Oh, happy about it, too. I would I can't imagine. I mentioned this on the last podcast with Mark, where he was like, oh, we can, you know, we can find somebody else for him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me. You don't want to do that. Uh, that would be a disaster for all parties. I will say, though, you have, you have the easiest, like, conversation starter in the world, probably laying down somewhere around your house 
in Charlotte. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, he's a big help. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> dogs are um, dogs are definitely a good a good wingman for sure. I yeah. thought you were talking about my job just to, to spin it back to that because that's not a good conversation. Oh, yeah, I don't think your job's laying around the house. That'd be well, weird. no, yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> sometimes depends on the day. Um, but it's funny because, and this is just a funny little side story. Like I always people say, like. Oh, that must be great! Like to tell girls, like when you're out at a at a bar or whatever, like that you work for the NFL. I'm like, no, because it either goes into one of two things. One, it'll go into, oh, can you get me to meet players? Which, right. no, I can't. Uh, and also, that does me no good. Uh, and two, it'll go into like me actually telling them what I do, which makes me sound like. <laughs> like a gigantic dork and not appealing at all in any way. So actually it's not, that's not a good asset. I just want to make that clear to people involved that uh, it's not, it's not a high profile celebrity sort of thing. Um, But Adam, I kind of want to somehow get back to whatever we were talking about before. Um, Oh, about like writing and everything like that. Like, so if you are kind of in, in sort of a a personal, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say crisis, but in some sort of like, there's some turmoil going on. It can be incredibly therapeutic just to write about anything. And also I think that really does also inform your writing about sports. So have you ever found that somehow just your writing background or the way you communicate ideas has ever sort of also infused with the way that you communicate about fantasy sports or sports in general? Yeah. So you talked about writing being therapeutic and it's, insanely accurate like i i talked about how i would um how i would go i i see i would and i still to this day see a uh a, a, ther- a therapist for anxiety i go like once a month um but writing stuff down on paper alone is really therapeutic and especially for someone with anxiety because a lot of people with anxiety have these thoughts in their head and it's like these these thoughts that they can seem so so terrifying so scary but if you just write down literally like literally and like physically write down on a piece of paper just you know anything that you're thinking that'll make you feel better it really does help um and then what was the question in terms of fantasy football i'm sorry yeah just like the way you write about kind of other things or that experience of of communicating ideas through your like your through your own therapeutic means do you think that ever like informs your your sports writing in any way um I mean, when I when I do a lot when I do my writing, I like I love to start my articles with like kind of like a, a a really quick like three to four word sentence that just gets somebody's attention. And a lot of times, I'll tie it in with anxiety, like um, like the way I feel with anxiety sometimes is very very not easy, I should say, but very interesting, and it helps me kind of write better because I have all these feelings and thoughts. Right. And it's like, okay, that that on paper, that on on, you know, on an article would really kind of just kind of make make the reader know exactly how you feel. And and it's hard to kind of do that otherwise. Like if I didn't have anxiety or anything and I just I was trying to, you know, convey how I would feel if I was anxious, it'd be incredibly hard, obviously. So I think the fact that I do have the anxiety and stuff like that kind of it kind of makes it um really really easier to like i said convey that and tie it in with your writing yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense and i really appreciate you sharing that perspective um yeah you know that takes a i don't know i mean i'm alluded to it several times in the podcast and i, I don't like to talk i or i'm not comfortable talking about that publicly so i appreciate uh or talking about that sort of stuff publicly and all that sort of, you know, whatever goes into that. So I appreciate you sharing that perspective. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, one other thing I want to hit back on in, from your earlier story was the sort of, you know, you mentioned like you're very passionate and I think that that is super important for websites to see when you do approach them, because, you know, I think like, let's just be brutally honest here. A lot of websites, especially smaller ones that, you know, you know, aren't paying people a full-time salary are, are, are making kind of a living based on your passion because, you know, because they can't compensate writers. A lot of sites can't compensate writers to like a, um, a full-time basis or, or the incentive is never money, even in this business, even if you're full-time, you know, the, the money is never the big incentive. It's, it's about your passion and channeling your passion. And, and I think that 
Right. Sites need to see that because if you lose that passion, then they lose you, then they lose an asset. So how do you keep that passion, though? Because like you mentioned, you've been doing this for five years. That's quite a long time. Like we had Eric Stoner on um, the sixth episode and he mentioned like he's just realizing that he's he's passionate about this, but not to the point that he ever wants to make it a, a career. So how do you like kind of you kind of differ in that perspective and you're still chasing that? What what keeps driving you to do that? Um, honestly, uh, again, just people that I've worked with and I like, for instance, um, you getting the position you're at NFL.com. Um, that stuff is not something that you should look at and be jealous about by any means. It should be legitimately something to inspire you. Right. Um, so when I see people that I've worked with in the industry, like yourself, um, Heath Cummings, who, uh, I think like, um, is about a year or so with CBS sports now, um, when I see other football guys, uh, Stafford. Yeah, well, um, he's he's a great guy. I've, I've done stuff with him, and um, I I believe Mike Clay was just recently full time for ESPN. So when I see people like people get to where they need to be and where they want to be, um, that to me is first of all, it's just awesome to watch, um, and second, that because I'm so young, like I have, I, I do think I have plenty of time, so. Like when I see that, it just inspires me and it kind of motivates me to just keep doing what I'm doing because, you know, it's working for other people. Why can't it work for me? Um, and not to say that like, oh, I'm the greatest writer, the greatest, you know, podcast or the greatest fantasy mind ever. No, I'm not even close. Um, but that to me is just something that I have always seen. It's like, okay, when I see, you know, for instance, Matt Harmon just got hired by NFL.com. I want to go write an article right now. Like that's that's kind of how I feel. So I think that's important to kind of look at and see that, you know, this this isn't like, yeah, it's a dream job, but it doesn't mean it's like only like a dream job. Like, you, you know, what I mean, like it's not just going to be something you dream about and then you wake up and you can't have it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is really important because it is, a you know, it's a it's a competitive field in the sense that there are only a few spots, you know, for, but you really wouldn't know it by, by no. like, reactions on Twitter and community. Like it really, you would not even think it was competitive, which is really cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I mean that it's competitive, but it's also not in that. Yeah. Really people that are very supportive about pumping each other up. Some most, most people are, I would say there are definitely some that are, are not. Um, and that sucks. Like that's not cool and you shouldn't be that way, but you know, because there are only a few spots and like it is it, it's important to be inspired by other people getting opportunities. So I think that is a very good point. Um, and, and and I think that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to stay motivated, though, like especially on a daily like in season and stuff like that, especially is the hardest time for me to continue to pump out content and everything. And like, you know, when you're kind of like, all right, it's week 15, I've said the same thing over and over again, you know, that, that can be hard. What are are some things that like, like you mentioned, just continuing to stay hungry. What are, what are some things like some tactics or anything that you would convey to the audience that kind of help you stay that way? Um, I definitely think podcasting has helped. Um, When I first started, I, I was strictly writing and I, now, I always I would always listen to sports radio and stuff like that. And I thought, hey, that'd be a pretty cool job. Um, but podcasting lets you, you know, like you talked about your week 15, you're saying kind of the same things over and over again. But podcasting allows you to say it in a different way. Um, so you're not just saying, you know, you can only you can only write so much and have the reader kind of, you know, decipher exactly what you're trying to say. But if you're talking on a podcast, I mean I've gotten to the point now where like I'm always looking to do podcasts. Um, I think it's probably one of my favorite things to do um, just in terms of everything. Um, it's, it's really something that you can use to, like I said, you don't have say it's week 15, in the NFL talk about something else, you know, talk about anything because like you said, and, and with this podcast, your podcast, right? It's something unique. And like a lot of people are going to write, you know, and I do it too. And I mean, I do it and, but I also do other stuff as well. I don't like to kind of write like some, some people will write maybe three to four sentences on why you should start a player. I think that like, that literally drives me insane when I do it. I have to write, like I have to go in depth as much as possible. And sometimes that can be bad because you don't want to just write to write. Um, but I think podcasting 
going back to that has really helped me kind of stay hungry and because there's so many more avenues with podcasting on top of writing so like you have you know the serious xm like for instance the fantasy insiders guys i'm not sure if you follow them but um dan strafford and dave lochran just got uh announced that they're going to be doing a serious show i think wednesday nights like there's there's different avenues other than just writing in this industry and i think that's something that you got to kind of keep in the back of your mind in case like one day you're you know you know, it's not you just got writer's block or you're, you're not being able to put the words together, something like that. Yeah. And there's so many ways to do that without like even being super serious about it. Like you don't need to have your own podcast like with your own professional sounding microphone or, you know, an, an iTunes show or anything like that. Like you can just do like the, like we're doing right now to record this, like just do a Google Hangout with yourself and just talk and or get get one of your friends on, get some other writer that, you know, and just just you know, talk about football for like an hour or talk about fantasy or whatever. It really does help kind of get the mind flowing. And um, like I used to do a show with, with Leo Howell uh, two seasons ago, fantasy game plan podcast. And I'm sure like 20 people listen to that ever, but I still found it. <laughs> I still found it like really helpful to, you know, talk about my ideas and like, you know, just, just shoot them back and forth with another person. I think it's really easy and it helps you too. Like it's important to, to be well-rounded. Like Adam, I'm sure that people know, people know that you do podcasts and you write, that makes you much more marketable than just, you know, a writer or just a podcaster because they can get as much out of you as possible. Um, yeah, so- it's kind of like almost hypocritical because I'm not on camera right now, but for some reason we talked about this before the show, like my, my uh, webcam isn't working, but like video as well. And I, I yeah. myself want to do a lot more video because it's, it's like, you know, you have, you check off all the boxes, right? You, you write, you podcast, you do video. Um, so obviously I sound like an idiot saying that while I'm in a black screen, but um, I think like every, like you want to be, you kind of want to be like a five tool pl- a player, you know, you kind of want to yeah. give them a little bit of everything. Um, and am I there yet? No, I don't think so. Um, I, but it's, it's something that I've really thought about and something that's important because, you know, it's not easy to just sit in front of a camera and talk. It's not easy to, you know, it's, it's gotten easier, but it's when I first did a podcast, um, I, I was like, what the, what the hell am I doing? Like, what? Like, it's, it's not, it's, it's not as easy as it looks like, Oh, you're just talking. Yeah. But it, there's other things that play into that. So it, it really isn't as easy, but again, I do think it's important to kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. My first podcast, I was, super nervous and I mean that was, that was like two years ago now um obviously I've talked my ass off since then but um it, it, it's funny it, it is it, it's nervous it, it's nerve-wracking a little bit but you get used to it and, and practice really is the only way that helps and yeah dude, I talk really- my ass off too don't worry about it I, I talk <laughs> way too much like you can you can even ask CJ who I do the podcast with at boot camp like I probably talk a little too much Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I was emailing back and I'm going to go on road of his radio later today. And I was emailing back and forth with John Moore and we had the show like scheduled like a month ago. And he asked, you know, I've been on so many podcasts between that time. He's like, he's like, you still want to record tonight? Are you all podcasts out? I'm like, nah, man, I never stopped talking. <laughs> I always got more to say, but it is good to have that sort of practice. Like we talked about this with Matthew Barry. Like I've been doing, I, well, I didn't want to do another one again of those like Periscope things, just to, like get used to talking and do it. Yeah. Like, I remember you talking about that. I think that's interesting as well because not only are you practicing practicing talking in front of a camera but you're literally interacting right then and there to the question it's so like I, very rapid fire and yeah like, i haven't done it yet but maybe I, I mean it's cool for me the, the thing that i think about is no one wants to see some 23 year old dork talking to camera hey uh you think Cam Newton's good at football? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought the same thing, and then like eighty or seventy some people showed up, and like I was getting questions left and right. And yeah. I well, you know, in fairness person. to them, they probably thought Charlie was on it. I did. Well, I did make sure he was being a little, <laughs> he was being a little bit of a, a diva that day, and like was kind of like laying by the window, and I was like, bro, I promised you an appearance. I promised appearance. Let me <laughs> bro, sure get him on. Bro, you got to give me something here. <laughs> I did. He's tough to work with. I, I did. I did get him on camera a couple times, but you know that is that is true. Charlie is big for the hashtag brand. Um, and, and another thing too, like you just mentioned, like trying new things, and obviously this is kind of like a unique experience for me working at NFL. But like the first time I went on, I went on Dave Damashek's show, and uh, I did it three times this season. Yeah, and, I watched. I watched that. 
Yeah, they were all, you know, rec like video recorded. But the first time I went up there, I had no idea that it was going to be on camera. And mm. like I sat down and I'm like, all of a sudden they like they start prepping the the like not headset mic and, you know, start turning on the cameras. I'm like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> and he's like, no, yeah, it's, it's video. And I was like, oh, shit, no one told me. But and that was a whole different experience. But it was really good to get comfortable doing that. And now I feel a little bit better about like, all right, I know where to look and things like that. So my point in saying that is just like trying new things, you know, and being adept at, at multiple different things. And, and speaking of trying new things, um, have you ever wished that you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics actual NFL free agency, enabling owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The, flat, the platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multiple team trades, franchise tag, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Seriously, I play in a reality sports online league. It's awesome. Um, I took over Evan Silva's team last year and all, and had Allen Robinson, AJ Green, Amari Cooper, and had a ton of fun until I got knocked out of the uh, semifinal round. So I personally very much endorse the platform, and you should test your general manager skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participating in a mock free agency auction for free today. If you like what you see, Use the promo code BYB10 to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Talking about podcasting, that's how you do a professional segue. Everybody. I was just about to say, <laughs> man, that, that is uh, one of the most overlooked difficult things about podcasting. Segues. Really and yeah. and um, you talked about your team on that on Reality Sports League. Whew, it, it's a great thing. I I hyped up Allen Robinson all offseason. I mean, you must have been listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> no comment. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's great. It's good stuff. Um, and, and that, did, like I said, that comes from that comes from practice, and I'm still pretty terrible at it. So we're we're seeing how it goes. But Adam, I kind of want to ask you. Um, Sort of a let you know, we've talked a lot of positive stuff so far. Has there ever been any like negative experience that you had while you're, you know, kind of in progress chasing this sort of, you know, the dream job and everything that's ever like turned you off to the idea of, of this career path? Um, I guess one thing that kind of stood out was the fact that, you know, a lot of people like it's not really negative, right? It's it's more of just kind of it what life, right? I see that. I'm only 23 and when I was even younger I was like wow I'm only I was writing when I was 19 like I'm probably not going to realistically get to where I want to be in a while so that was kind of it never really it never stopped me at all from writing and doing anything like that but um everybody thinks about that stuff every now and then like um I'm sure professional football players you know dudes that are like on the cusp or on the borderline of getting drafted or not getting drafted right so um, I think that's normal, but that was kind of one thing because just because I was so young, it seemed like, um, it was so far away from happening and it still very well could be, but it's really, I, I, at this point, I really don't care. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because a, I love it. Like it's it, to me, the reason I keep writing is because I literally am, it's literally impossible for me to picture myself doing anything else. Right. Yeah, I, I hear that for sure. Um, and I'll say this to, to, to you and to, you know, other people that I, I'm sure there are people that are your age or my age or, you know, maybe even younger that are listening to the podcast looking for that sort of inspiration. I felt the same way, you know, like, I mean, you're younger, you're, you're about like, yeah, I mean, you're about the same age as I am. And, you know, I just got the job at NFL when I was 23. I'm 24 now. Um, I'll be 25 in August. So you guys can send me presents then. Um, it's, uh, youth is really, I think like while, and this is something I've said before on the podcast, I think I said it in Matthew Berry's episode, but I'll say it again. Like Sigmund Bloom told me when I, when I first met him at our, at our first, like, or my first, uh, like football guys, Vegas retreat or whatever, you know, he told me, he's like, you're going to get a lot of people that, you know, make fun of you for your age, 
but remember that they only do that because they're jealous of you and like you always use your age to your advantage before somebody uses it against you as a weakness and i think that that's sort of something that's you know really inspiring by your story because not all, I mean, of course, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm so young, like this is going to take forever. But at the same time, you're so young, you have so much time, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, I think, and I've, I've had people who are well, well um, into their position and have been uh, as a full-time analyst, writer, podcaster, whatever, tell me that, wow, like you, you've started, so say I would email someone like two weeks ago, I was 23, I'm still 23. And I said, hey, I've been writing for five, six years, whatever. So it's hypothetical. Um, yeah. They would, a lot of them would say, wow, that's really good that you started so young um, because you have so much, like I've learned so much already and mm-hmm. I'm not even at a full-time position. So like I've learned, and this is just like a, a couple names, but um, Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard from CBS, they've been like, I've learned so much from them. Uh, just reading from, you don't even have to talk to them, just reading Matthew Berry alone make it is easy to learn stuff um like you talked about sigmund bloom is just a wealth of knowledge um uh, just so many people and a lot of them would say the fact that you started so young is really really promising because you're getting all that exposure already you're already getting all that experience and for anybody like anybody that's thinking about starting the easiest and most basic advice i can give is literally just start just just start and it doesn't matter if you aren't writing for a website, make a blog. Um, there's plenty. It's so easy to make blogs nowadays. Write on a piece of paper, write on a notebook, write on Microsoft Word. Like just, just honestly start. Yeah, I think that is important. And that's what really led me to start doing it was that, you know, I was like, yeah, I was 21 at the time or 22. Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, 22, 21-ish. And uh, yeah, I was like, you know, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it too. Like, so don't let your age be a deterrent to anybody listening out there. Like it's an advantage. It gives you more time. And yeah, Adam, like you, you came in, you know, like when like similar age, like with a lot more experience than I did. And, and that's probably a, a very powerful tool. Um, it's, it's key to just use the time that you have and realize that your youth is an advantage, not to mention like the audience is only getting younger. You know, and yeah. I think that, yeah, you know, the way that they consume media is the same way that we consume media. And that's another advantage, too, that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody that's been on the podcast before. But like when the old dogs are learning new tricks, like, you know, we're just just doing what we do, you know, and, <laughs> and I think that that's important, too. So I, I never I hope that that, you know, nobody ever lets their age be a deterrent. It's, it's not uh, it, it's not a big deal. So. Um, I know you're, you're in school for journalism, right? I think we, we talked about that before or in and out of school for journalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm in and out to, to say the least. I, you know, I've taken, I've taken a couple semesters and then, you know, I would take a semester off for personal reasons or whatever, but, right. um, yeah, it's still, it's still on the table as well. But do you think that like that perspective helps you? Cause I, I've kind of always heard mixed, like mixed emotions or mixed feelings about that in the industry. And like, I don't come from a journalism background at all. Like that wasn't what I went to school for. And this was not what I ever saw myself doing, but do you think that like, is an advantage or helpful for you at all? Or would you encourage somebody like if they're, you know, if they're going into college or they're in college and they want to switch their degree or something like that, would you recommend that in order to do this as a career path? I mean, honestly, it it obviously doesn't hurt, right? I mean, if you get a if you have a degree in journalism, obviously that's beneficial just in in life in general, just a degree in general. But um, obviously, if you're taking journalism classes, you're not writing about fantasy football for your essay. So just keep that in mind. Um, right. Yeah. I for point. me for for me it was just the fact that I have always loved writing, so it was kind of the natural course for me, I guess, to to kind of go on. Um, but if you're if you're interested in it, I mean, I, I'm not going to advise against it for sure because there's a, there are a lot of you know pluses to it. I mean, you get first of all, you're getting you're just getting practice writing. Um, mm-hmm. That that's the first that's the first thing. Uh, you expand your vocabulary, all this stuff to kind of make your writing less bland. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, so I think that's really something that you can look at if you're interested in that. I wouldn't say, oh, you want to be a sports writer, you want to be a movie critic writer you want to be a video game writer 
you have to take journalism classes or you will fail. Now, I, I don't think it's that black and white, but does it help? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I can't really say it because I haven't really, I haven't gotten my degree or anything yet. I'm still in the process of that as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of helped because not only is it expanding your vocabulary, making your, giving you different ways to write. It's also a good way because when I write about fantasy football, I don't really get writer's boxes because it's, it, it's natural for me. But when I write about, you know, just whatever that a random topic would be um, that I'm not passionate about, I get writer's block. So it's a kind of a, also a good way to combat that if you ever run into that uh, kind of situation as well. But yeah, I, I definitely am not going to advise against it because it, there are a lot of pluses to it and a lot of benefits. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense for sure. All right. And I'm going to close kind of, we're kind of winding down here and I'm going to ask a question here that's going to make me feel like, um, like everybody's uh, least favorite guidance counselor. Or, uh, <laughs> or, or like your annoying aunt after you, you know, when you're when you're about to graduate, uh, and they ask you this terrible question. But um, so, Adam, you're kind of in progress right now. Like you mentioned, things are going, you know, very well for you. You're you're working for a lot of different sites. You got a good thing going with the podcast and DFS bootcamp and everything like that. But you're still working towards something. And I, so my, my two part question here is, you know, sort of that, where do you see yourself, you know, in five years or what would a successful ending to this story look like for you? And then two, how, what steps are you, what's the most important step you're going to take in order to get there? So the first question, where do I see myself in five years? Parading down Buffalo in a Super Bowl would probably be the correct answer. Okay, but I mean like something that could actually happen. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, honestly, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty basic answer, but I just want to be happy. Um, and being happy is doing this. And it's pretty pretty a simple equation, right? I'm happy when I'm writing about fantasy sports, talking about fantasy sports, talking with other people about fantasy sports. So... I just want to. I just want to have. I don't. I don't care if I make, you know, ten dollars. Really, like, I, I obviously I care. I'm not not an idiot, but um, I just want to be doing what I love. Um, and it's, I know it's a kind of a cliche answer, but it's like if I'm working at, and I'm not knocking anybody who works at anywhere else, but that's just not for me. And I don't picture that for myself, and I don't want to picture that for myself. Mm-hmm. So five years from now, I'd love to be calling this my full-time job like simple as that but to get there i honestly think i just have to keep doing what i'm doing um i mean it's gotten me to some really good places i've um this will be my third year i think this summer writing for the football diehards magazine which i thought was such a cool experience i haven't really talked about but something really cool to see kind of your name in print um as opposed to on online but it's what i've been doing now has gotten me to some really interesting and fun places so I honestly think if I add a little bit of kind of well-roundedness to, to what I'm doing already and just keep this mentality, you know, I really do think I'll be all right. And there's plenty of people in the industry that I, I'm I'm really close with that, you know, I can look to for advice and I continue to will because I don't care like if I if I'm 18 or 28, like I'm going to keep picking all these people's brains but like. Similar to like a rookie wide receiver comes in, he's you know playing. Let's say he's playing in uh, Detroit before Calvin Johnson retired. I I would just be continuously picking Calvin Johnson's brain. How can I get better? How can I do this? So, I think it's kind of keeping that mindset that a what you're doing isn't not working because you're not where you want to be yet. It's it's a process. And b don't don't get content. I'm not even going to be content when I'm to where I want to be. Like I just want to keep. Just keep picking people's brains and keep doing what I'm doing. And honestly, I think, I, like I said, I think I'll be all right. So, yeah, I think that is really important and like always learning. I mean, that's something that is key in this industry and life and life in general. But I mean, that for me, like, I don't care what where I am or what I'm doing. I'm always, you know, like you said, always going to be learning from the people that are that have been here before me and even the people that will come after me. Like, you know, if we if we hired somebody else at NFL like to write you know, for fantasy, I knew that I know there would be a lot that I can learn from them. There's a lot I can learn from everybody that comes on this podcast. And there's a lot that I can learn from the people that listen to this podcast. Like it's, that's very much like what I'm all about. Is like, yeah. And it's not even just other writers. It's like, I've learned a lot from listeners and readers. Like I've oh, learned yeah. a lot from them. So for sure. Um, like what they expect, you know, what, 
what they like about your work and what they don't, and even just about you know and like just how to relate to. Oh, so they're not doing a podcast or writing like you are. So you're in, you're instantly smarter than like these. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> these people that I connect with on Twitter and stuff, they are smart smart people. So um, valuing what they think and valuing what uh, they uh, their opinions are is almost as important as kind of what you value. I think so. Um, I, that's another. I couldn't, couldn't agree more with what you just said there. Like, just because somebody is a reader and we are the content creators, does not mean that we're smarter than them. Especially about dude, something. Dude, like, I, I'm nothing. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I get shocked when people tweet me or something. Like, it doesn't happen a lot. Let's be honest. But when somebody randomly tweets me and says, "Wow, you're like one of my favorite people on Twitter to follow. I love your work." Like, I legitimately get shocked because, like, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not anything. And then, and then people have. The, the the idea like they tweet me thank you for everything you do everything i do like what i do is nothing compared to half these people that i i've just half the people in the world really like i don't what do i what do i do you know what i mean so but oh, it yeah. is it is a cool feeling to see people value your work but at, at, at the end of the day like and, and i may be kind of like a little, little bit of hot take here but like I'm, I'm nothing right now i'm just a guy you know what i mean like just a guy doing what i like to do what what's so oh. different about no, but I totally agree. And like, I feel the same way, even coming from my perspective. Like, I'm like, why do 20,000 plus people follow me on Twitter or care what I have to say? Like, that's still the I mean, honestly, a good 17,000 are for are dog lovers. Yeah. Let's be honest. No, for sure. <laughs> no, Most people are there for now. Well, now I've got a segment for that love the dog. And now I've got a little bit of plant Twitter, hopefully, starting to follow. Plant me. Twitter. <laughs> that's my new interest. Um, gardening Twitter, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I think that it's, it's, it is always, it's good to keep that perspective, though, that like, you know, you're just, and I tell people all the time, like, well, just like, especially with fantasy, because like, that's just such a nebulous, like, who the hell nobody really knows what the hell we're talking about like some when somebody tweets me like oh, should i start this guy or this guy i'm like well, what do you think like your That's opinion is valid too like you know i mean of course i answer starts at questions and even though i don't particularly like to do it like i'm like people what do you think like you've been playing fantasy for a long time like right you you tell me like i'm just like i'm just another jackass you know i said this on the last <laughs> episode like i'm just another jackass That's exactly like, what i say I'll, I'll say like somebody asked me should i start lamar miller or uh thomas rawls uh, right, like, I'll, I'll, I'll literally say well i i like so and so but who do you think is the better play that's really all that matters yeah. i'm not setting your lineup you know so that's why i think team. yeah exactly so and also like i think uh about the about the idea of you know, like, well, thank you for all you do. And like, well, for one, for me, it's my job and I have to eat and like, pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> so I do it for that reason. But like, it's like, this is something that Sigmund and I talk about a lot too. It's like, it's like, it's like scratching my head, you know, like I would be doing, it's like, I, this is what I would be doing regardless, you know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, it's just, this is what I love doing. Like, so don't thank me. I'm just, thank you for, for giving me a platform and paying attention. But all right, but Adam, we're kind of we're kind of running low here on time, and uh, I just want to always I always do this for the guests like before we get out of here, like give you one last chance to to have the floor and say any you know parting thoughts either to the audience or you know conveying sort of any ideas, any advice or anything. The floor is yours right here before I yank it out from you for a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I just want to thank you for having me. I think it was um, really helpful, not only for people listening, but for me, um, I think I really kind of thought about what I've been saying, what we've been talking about in this episode. And it kind of, it's kind of made me even more motivated to be honest. Um, so I think that's been really beneficial, beneficial for me. Um, and yeah, like it's, I think what you're doing is really great because it's such a unique, um, you know, podcast and it, you know, it, it really kind of helps, and I've seen a lot of people interested in it, not, not just people that also write, but like it's just kind of something to, to listen to that really makes you like get a different perspective on other people's lives and just stuff in general. So, yeah, it, it was an honor to come on. I really appreciate it. I had fun. Nah, man, for sure. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, like I, I get motivated every time I have somebody on the show and like, I go yeah. back and listen, obviously like I go back and listen to the podcast for like editorial purposes and like, you know, make sure everything is, is, is correct. But you know, sometimes I listen and like, I get lost in listening to your guys' stories again. So I always find this to be a very motivating, you know, thing. And I, I'm so glad that other people do too. And I really hope that, uh, that interest level continues. And in order for that to happen, like, you know, guys, definitely 
I appreciate everything you do, and I hate asking more of you. But of course, like if you could always, you know, you know, remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. You know, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, tell your friends. You know, like I said, I don't think this podcast is just for potential writers. I think it's become become a lot more than that, and I'm very grateful. So, you know, whatever you guys continue to do to grow the podcast only makes this thing better. Only lets us keep doing it, and I really appreciate everything you guys do. So, I want to thank you all for listening today, and I hope you learned something. <laughs>